podcast. I am your host, Carly G. Knipe, and I'm so, so glad that you decided to tune in today. Today, we're going to be talking about dating, which I'm going to be so honest with you, I was not really wanting to do, but honestly, I got some encouragement from a friend, and I was like, you're right, I think I do have some wisdom here, and not from myself, but just from so many amazing mentors, so many amazing messages that I've heard throughout my life, and honestly, the wisdom of the Lord that he has revealed to me about dating and just about our love lives and how much he cares about it. But yeah, so we are going to go ahead and start. I'll go ahead and pray us in. Dear Lord, we love you so, so much. And Lord, I just thank you so much that you're here. Lord, we invite you here right now. Your presence is welcome in this place, Lord. Right now, we just release any burdens we might be carrying right now. We release any stress, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you give us grace to just relax in your presence, Lord. Right now, Lord, we want to encounter you, and we want to meet you here. Will you meet us here, Lord? We love you so, so much, and we just thank you so much for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, obviously, we always start with the song recommendation of the day, and today's is going to be more of an artist recommendation. There is a group, I don't even know where they're located, but it's called Local Sound, and they are so good. My personal favorite song is Nobody. Give it a listen, cue it up. They're on Spotify. I'm sure they're on Apple Music as well, but so, so good. So highly recommend. Give them a listen. Today, we are going to be talking about dating, which I honestly think is such an important and beautiful season of your life if you do it right. And it's been such a beautiful and fruitful season for me. I've learned so much about the heart of the Lord and how much he cares about us deeply and his heart for us. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I remember watching an Instagram reel a while ago, and I think it was like, a reel that was taken from TikTok that they posted on Instagram because I don't have TikTok. And it was basically a guy, I'm pretty sure it was a podcast, and he said, Christians make dating so weird. Like, God does not care about who you date. And that literally broke my heart because honestly, God deeply cares about every detail of your life, and that includes who you date. And this is not to like bash whoever he was. I'm sure he is doing amazing ministry for the Lord, but it just broke my heart because I really do believe that God cares so deeply about who you date and what your love life looks like because he is love. You know what I mean? He's created that and he's created marriage as a beautiful picture of Christ and his bride, which is the church. And obviously dating is the step to marriage. So obviously he would care about dating. You know what I mean? So I wanted to pop on here on the internet, on the podcast world and almost debunk that and kind of talk about how much God cares about who you date and how you date and talk about seven things that I wish I knew before dating. I do want to start with a disclaimer. Obviously, I am not a professional. I'm literally 19 years old. I've been doing this for like maybe seven or eight months, and if you heard on my testimony episode, my history with dating is not great, but I really believe that the Lord has redeemed this area for me, and I think that this goes to show that He can heal areas of your life For me, after my parents got divorced, I honestly went on like a dating rampage. Like that sounds really weird, but I was just talking to a new guy every two weeks and just feeling discouraged, feeling empty and sad and looking for fulfillment in boys, which I wasn't getting from anywhere else because I wasn't seeking it from the Lord. And because of that, I think a lot of that fear was like almost discouraging me. Like, Carly, you have nothing good to say. Carly, this isn't going to be 
beneficial to anyone. No one's going to be encouraged by this. You are not wise. You're literally only like, I was about to say 16. I'm not 16. You're literally only 19. Like you don't have anything good to say. But honestly, I believe that's the enemy. And even if it's, even if what I have to say is something you've already heard before or something that you maybe think it really isn't that great or anything, nothing new there, that is okay. I'm honestly here to just kind of like slap the enemy in the face and say, you know what? Like it's not me, but it's Christ in me. And so I want to share that and share this to encourage you guys. But yeah, so the first thing that I wish I knew before dating is you cannot look for in a person what you can only find in Jesus. I believe all of us have a need. It's an innate desire to be known, every single part of you, and deeply loved. And I think we search for that in people, but truly, unconditionally, we can only find it in Jesus. If you're currently dating, the love that you have for your partner is not even nearly as much as Jesus loves you. And that statement alone makes me want to break down and cry because I think of just how much I love my partner. That is nothing near to how much Jesus loves you. People aren't perfect. You know, you can't expect anyone to read your mind. You can't expect them to know exactly what you need. But Jesus does. (laughs) And Jesus can. (laughs) You know, like he is what you need. I have found everything that I was looking for in Jesus. He's my comforter, my peace, my joy. He's everything that I was looking for in a person. He's consistent. He listens always. He doesn't interrupt. He's not rude. He's not harsh. He's not unforgiving. He is literally everything that I've ever looked for in a man. (laughs) And I think that just goes to show that when we find it first in Jesus, we aren't searching for it in anyone else. One of the most interesting perspectives about this statement specifically that I remember hearing is that when you hold your partner to, or even, you know, your idea of boys or a potential partner, when you hold that to a standard of the love that only Jesus can give you, you're being unfair to your partner. This blew my mind because I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought this was just being unfair to me, but really, no, like it's holding them to a standard they can never fulfill, you know? And in that way, you're almost making them God of your life and you're saying like, I am sacrificing my time, money, effort on the altar of hoping that you can fulfill this. But really, Jesus is the only one who can fulfill that part of you. Obviously, it is good to have expectations. It's good to have high standards. But also, there is a difference between high standards and unrealistic expectations. I used to think that there was a person who never got angry or a little bit upset at me for something that I did because I am literally not a perfect human. And I had to come to terms and had to reckon with the fact that there is no blameless person other than Jesus. And so we cannot expect our partner to be that for us. And we can't expect them to be perfect because they're not. I think having high standards is amazing, but if they are unrealistic, you'll be expecting something out of your partner that they cannot give you. And that is not fair to them. The second thing that I observed about dating is that changing some of your behavior is not a red flag. That's just what it looks like to do life side by side with someone. So disclaimer, I am not talking about like toxic relationships where you're changing fundamental parts of who you are and your personality. I'm talking about parts of your behavior. Am I the most healthy human being? Do I never lash out? Do I never get jealous or angry or lustful or whatever? No, I'm honestly not perfect. I do make mistakes. I get angry. I lash out. I get manipulative, you know, youngest child syndrome. But my partner brings out the best in me by becoming a safe place that I no longer have to be like that in order to get what I need. 
my natural tendency when I don't get what I want is to complain or to almost like (laughs) softly manipulate my way into getting it, which is not good. But I am so, so glad that I am with someone who challenges that and that I am glad that my behavior is changing in that relationship. I think about that verse in Proverbs that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I hope by the end of this relationship that I am better than I was before. And so what I'm saying is changing your behavior in a relationship should be expected and it should be embraced. And once again, I'm talking about changing your bad behavior into good behavior. (laughs) That should be celebrated, you know, that it should be good in a relationship. Obviously, if somebody is, you know, making you feel like you're less than or making you feel like you're not enough as the way you are, so you have to change this parts of yourself, that is not good. You should definitely, you know, reassess where you're at. But I'm talking about if somebody is challenging me to be better, that is a good thing. And I think we live in a society where people are like, oh my gosh, if you don't accept me as I am, then you cannot date me. You cannot be with me. You do not have the privilege. But really, it's like, no they should be able to challenge those parts about yourself that maybe aren't the greatest, you know? Like, it's not good that you lash out when you're angry. It's not good that you get jealous immediately when you're not with your partner right now. You know what I mean? Like, that is not a good thing. And so, it is good to be challenged and have your character be refined and be more like Jesus. Another thing I wish I knew before dating is, number three, knowing the difference between wants and needs in a relationship. What are your standards? What are things that you absolutely need? For me, I think it's I need them to be a good listener because I talk a lot, (laughs) hence the podcast. I also would, you know, really like if they were very empathetic because I'm very sensitive. And so there's that. Those are needs for me. I need you to talk gently to me. I cannot handle it when you are yelling at me. Like, I can't. That is just a trigger for me, and I just cannot handle that, and I will not tolerate that. You know what I mean? But in the same way, there's wants in a relationship. Do I want him to be slightly taller than me? Yeah, that would be great. I actually would really like that. (laughs) You know, and that's just a want. But know the difference between your wants and your needs, and then you're able to communicate those with your partner, because there are some things that you know, I would want that I'm like, hey, actually, is this necessary in my relationship? Like, should we get in a discussion where we are bending over backwards to adjust to this? And if the answer is no, then that's probably just a want and it is okay. But there are definitely differences between wants and needs in a relationship. So identify those that way you aren't, you know, subconsciously holding your partner to this standard that they didn't even know they were being held to. And that goes into the next one, which is number four. It's not just communication. It's about good communication. I've heard the age-old saying you hear, communication is key. But honestly, I could be communicating, but I could be communicating a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) So I believe that it's about good communication. And on the other side of good communication is listening. Communicate, yes, but also listen when your partner is communicating. We think about that saying that some pastors say where they're like, be the person that you want to date. And this goes, this goes hand in hand with the fact that it's not about just communicating, but it's about good communication and listening too. I could be talking to you and if you aren't hearing a word that I'm saying, then what's the point of me communicating? You know what I mean? So good communication can look like also saying things with love and from love and not fear. There's so many times that we will want to say something, we'll want to comment about something or have an emotion or have a reaction to something, 
But we need to ask ourselves, is this coming from a place of love or is this coming from a place of fear? Like, am I scared that you're going to leave me? Is that why I'm saying this to you? Or am I saying this because I love you and because I want what's best for our relationship? This also kind of goes into point five, which is you are not obligated to tell your partner every single emotion that you are feeling right then and there. And this is for my Enneagram fours, my emotional, sensitive, empathetic friends. I think the best relationship advice that I have literally ever been given was on a plane ride with my mentor. And she said during her first year of marriage or her first couple years of marriage, she used to think that she had to bring every single thing to her husband. And she had to tell him like every emotion, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And she didn't realize it. But for him, that became very draining because he's not supposed to carry every single one of our emotions. Jesus is. And so what she learned was bring it to the Lord first and process it with him and the Lord will tell you if it's something that you need to share with your partner or not. To some people this might sound like, but I want to be authentic with my partner and I want to share everything. Yes, you should definitely be authentic. You should definitely express your emotions, but process them and filter them through the Lord first. That way they are refined with good things and with the Lord instead of coming from a fleshly insecure place. This kind of is what we were talking about in the Your Feelings Aren't the Truth episode where it's just like bring everything to the Lord and process it with him. He loves to sit down and do heart work with you. Let him do open heart surgery with you because there are so many times that I will be upset about something that is completely unrelated to my partner and then I bring it to him and he's like, listen, like this is something between you and the Lord. And I think that's a beautiful thing that he will point me to Jesus. You know, that's an amazing thing, but it shouldn't get to the point where he has to do that. You know what I mean? Like I should go to Jesus first. And you know, that's just a personal example, but bring your issues or your emotions to the Lord and ask him, is this a me problem? Is this a him problem? Him as in your partner, or I'm sorry, I'm totally forgetting that boys listen to this as well. Your partner who might be a girl. Um, is this a me problem? Is this a my partner problem? Or is this an us problem? And if it's a you problem, then the Lord will work on that with you. He'll work in you. He'll process with you. And it'll be a beautiful journey. If it's a partner problem and it's, you know, it's something that's going on with them, trust that the Lord will work on that with them. And I think that goes to show that your partner should be someone who hears the voice of God, someone who is walking in with the Lord and abiding with him because in that way then they will definitely be able to process that with the Lord but if they're not then that becomes so much harder because then you feel personally obligated to do that work for them when really it's supposed to be the Lord so that kind of is showing why it's important to be with someone who's equally yoked and someone who is hearing from the Lord and you know living life with Jesus and if it's a you guys problem, you know, if it's a both of you guys problem, then you can both take that to the Lord and you can both talk it through with love and with listening ears and you'll be able to work through that with the Lord, with each other. And that was kind of a long piece, but I really just loved that advice. And that was literally the best relationship advice I've ever been given because there are so many times that I will like want to bring my partner, like all of my emotions. And it's like, well, honestly, he is not obligated to carry all this, you know, only Jesus is. So And this is a little bit different than like if you're going through a hard time and it's completely unrelated to your partner and like maybe there's a family issue, maybe there's a work, life, school issue, like please bring that to them. Like they should be there to support you. But what I'm saying is they should not be your only support. They should not be the first and the only person you're going to, you know, like you should be bringing it to the Lord as well. I wanted to clear that up a little bit, (laughs) but yeah, point six is being equally yoked is more important than you think it is. What I mean by this is, in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. 
For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Dating should draw you closer to the heart of God. And if it doesn't, then it's pulling you away from it. And I say this with so much love, and I'm saying this to the me two, three, four years ago where I was dating a non-believer and praying, hoping it would work, saying to all my friends, but he's a nice guy, but he's really sweet, or but he's really open to the idea of Christianity, or well, he's just like a really good person. Listen, you can be a really good person, an amazing person, but if you do not have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you are still walking in darkness, even if you don't know you are, you know what I mean? And all that to say, I think you hear this all the time, don't be unequally yoked, you know, you want to be walking with someone who is also walking with the Lord, but there's such a beautiful and important why behind it, and I think we forget to mention the why. Think about the walk away from Jesus is a slow one. You don't just wake up all of a sudden and you're a mass murderer, you know, like the walk away from the Lord is a very slow one. And so when you're slowly but surely making very tiny decisions in your personal life that are drawing you slightly closer away from the Lord, at the bottom line, you look back and you realize how far you've walked from the Lord. And this is so much more than just a, oh, like if you're dating a non-believer, they're going to take you away from God. No, I have found that if they do not know Jesus, they don't know you. And they will never be able to fully know you or understand you because Jesus is a part of you. If you're a believer and you've given your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you're dating someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit in them, then that means that if the Holy Spirit is life and if they don't have life, then that means that they're dead and you're dating a dead person, you know, and not saying that they're actually dead, but, you know, they might be dead in their sins and they're probably walking in the darkness and, you know, Dating is bringing someone into one of the most intimate places in your life, emotionally, spiritually. And so if you're that close with somebody who doesn't have the light in them, then you're just exposing yourself to that much more darkness. And I say this with so much love. I say this with my own personal convictions, having had to break up with literally several upon several guys just because we weren't equally yoked or they weren't a believer or I wanted to like have it be a missionary relationship, which is not great because... It's so much easier to have someone pull you down than to pull them up. You can be the strongest believer ever, but if you are walking so closely with somebody who isn't walking closely with the Lord, then they are eventually going to take you off the path. So if you find a guy or a girl who's like, oh man, she, he is just amazing, but they're not a believer, protect yourself first and just, you know, have the standard of just, if they're not a believer, it's it's a bye-bye and we can be friends, you know? <laughs> The last point and the seventh thing that I wish I knew before dating is commune with Jesus throughout all of it. He is the first person that you should go to for everything. And this kind of, you know, ties into the first point, you know, bringing it full circle or whatever. But when you are communing with Jesus throughout all of it, your relationship with your partner becomes that much more enriched. I find that I'm able to love so much better when I've already received the love of Jesus. I find that I'm able to give so much better when I have been given so much and I am so in a place of gratitude with Jesus. Relationships are not a reward for being holy or a reward for being single long enough or almost like a checkpoint in your walk with the Lord, but it will feel like that if you are not abiding with Jesus and you aren't living in first love. I have lived in this world long enough to know that Jesus is truly the only answer. Only one thing is needed. He is the great love of your life. The fairy tale love story that you have been waiting for is found in Jesus.
He's the one who left his throne, came down as a man, walked this earth in search of you. When it was between you and Jesus, who could suffer eternal punishment, Jesus took it for you. And he died the death that you and I deserved so that we could have eternal life and we could be in love with him. He did that so that we could know him. He fully knows us and he knows. He died knowing that you might never love him, but he did it anyway because he loves you so much. That is true love. That is first love. And so if you're waiting for that from a man, know that it is already found in Jesus. And if you want to experience that in your normal life, you know, you're like, oh, I know Jesus loves me, but like, I just, I want to have somebody that like is here with me and like, you know, physically here. Just press in closer to Jesus. Just lean in further and you'll find him in every single part of your life. He's the only one that never leaves. A revelation that I had this week that I actually shared with my partner was, you can never fall out of love with Jesus. I think about, you know, the first couple months of your relationship is really the honeymoon stage, they say. You know, you're like so obsessed with each other, can't get enough of each other, never want to leave. And I think that that's a beautiful picture of how it should be with Jesus all the time. And the reason being is because there comes a point where you know your partner well enough. You know him very well, or her, sorry. You know them so well that you're like, listen, I'm not surprised by them. I'm not like astonished by them anymore. You know, you think they're really great and you love their company. You know, it's the difference between passionate versus companionate love. And that's when you leave the honeymoon stage and you've kind of gotten to a point in your relationship where you didn't really plateau, but you just, you know, you have a deep appreciation for each other and you love each other, but it's different than that passionate, first, fiery, never want to leave each other love. But you never leave that with Jesus because there is always more to know about him. You can never come to a stagnate point, a plateau with the Lord where you're like, oh, I know everything there is to know about Jesus and now I'm kind of bored. You can get to that with a person for sure, but you will never get to that with Jesus. And that is so beautiful because there's always further to go with him. His personality is never ending and he has the best personality ever, better than anyone you ever know. And that's why we can never leave first love with Jesus. So if you found like you're in a place where, you know, you're not really feeling that, that fiery passion for the Lord anymore. You're not really experiencing that love to the same degree that you did when you first met Jesus. Ask him to bring you back to that place. Remember what it was like. Remember where he found you when you first met the Lord and that will bring you right back into that place. You know, you hear about how old couples will go back to the place that they first fell in love to kind of rekindle the fire and feel that love again. But we can do that with the Lord. We can ask him, Lord, I just want to remember where you found me. I want to remember the life I was living before I met you. And he'll take you to that place. And it's a beautiful place where you can recount the history and your love story with the Lord. Dating is such a beautiful season and it's something that I truly believe is so sanctified if you do it right and if you include the Lord in all of it. I have found so much more about the Lord and myself in dating and there's so much beauty in it. And this is coming from somebody who literally has never been in a relationship for longer than three months. I have now, now I've found myself in a really like a long-term relationship with somebody who I deeply adore. And I think that that just goes to show that the Lord can redeem any area of your life. And so if you're in a season, maybe you're even in a dry season where you're like, hey, I'm not dating right now. And I really wish I was. Jesus can satisfy every need and he did it for me so he can do it for you. I found so much fulfillment in the Lord and peace in the Lord friendship with the Lord, companionship with the Lord before I met my current partner. 
And I found even more as I'm dating my current partner. So all that to say, there is so much hope with Jesus and you can never fall out of love with him. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for your wisdom. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're going to be with us even after this podcast ends. Lord, you are so good. You're a good shepherd. You're a good father. And Lord, I thank you that you deeply care about every single aspect of our lives, and that includes dating. Lord, you are such a good friend. I thank you that you draw near to us as we draw near to you. So Lord, we draw near to you right now. Lord, we just want to lean back and hear your heartbeat. We want to experience intimacy with you, Lord. In places that there are loneliness in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would fulfill that. Where there's no peace, I pray that you would give peace. Lord, in places where there's dryness, I pray that you would just bring a fresh wind, a fresh fire. Lord, that your living water would pour out on us. You're such a good father. And we praise you and we put you in your rightly place right now, Lord. We want to see you rightly, Lord. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. This was such a fun episode and I'm really glad that I decided to be obedient and do it instead of just being scared. Um, If you really liked it, I would really ask that you would consider sharing on social media or sharing with friends. I don't pay for Instagram ads, so you guys are my only form of advertising and I really want to keep this podcast going and make it worth my time and make it worth your time as well. So if you could share that, share it with a friend, share it with somebody that you know or that you love or that you think would benefit from it share it on social media and if you aren't already following me on social media at kg nipe at already love podcast you already know i love you guys so much and i hope that you enjoyed this and that it blessed you thank you so much for listening peace out